What a good jam. Ah, man, I'm almost sad that uh, April's coming to a close. We're uh, nearing that we... end. Uh, I mean, I love summer, so I'm looking forward to the changeover. But, ooh, no more of the uh, the old sublime uh, jam out. It's too bad. No, that'll be it. New band. New band, that's right. Out with the old and with the new. That's right. Speaking of which, <laughs> I got my haircut this weekend in preparation for the Florida trip. Very uh, excited for that. I'm feeling nice and smooth and fresh. Nice. You went to your barber? Yeah, the, I went uh... to my Korean lady. She was very excited to see me. Uh, as I uh, regaled us with a few months ago, she told me that I need to start coming in more often uh, and that it wasn't a good look for me to uh, continue letting my hair grow out as long as I was letting it go. Said I should be coming in every three months. Uh, I heeded her advice, and she was very pleased to see me there. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Gave me an outstanding haircut. I'm excited to show it off in Florida. Get a nice tan. (laughs) Uh, You know, it was was just nice, uh, you know, just being treated well. Uh, I... I like to, uh, you know, tip her, you know, better than I would tip other people in any situation because they're doing the hair, man. You know, this is a long, this is like a three. We've gotten way, way too comfortable with tipping. Crazy with the tipping, but I think if someone's doing a service. You made my subway sandwich. Fuck you. I'm not tipping you. Why is it even asking me for a tip when I give you my credit card? Fuck that. You get the tip if you sliced the meat and you sliced it well and you put together a nice sandwich. All right. I think you get the, but, uh. No slicing of the meat, dude. You know, Subway, they're just getting that stuff packaged. Get out of here. With yeah, fuck you. You don't even... I'm not tipping you. No the tip. barber deserves a good tip. Barber gets the tip. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm sitting there. I'm enjoying my... Uh, the, I'm enjoying the process. Uh, she's not big on the small talk, but we'll dish it out if she's feeling it. And uh, I see uh, the guy next to me. He finishes up uh, his haircut and he's walking up to pay and all over the walls you know in between the mirrors they put up these printed signs that uh kind of didn't say like you gotta pay cash but how like it was really highly recommended you lay off the credit card payment and you do the cash payment and especially the tip in cash and i watched the guy go uh through the mirror i could see him walk up and pay and he paid with the credit card and i just ooh, i thought that's a bad move man you're 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 marking yourself for next time. They might not give you the all-star treatment if you keep dishing out the card. I, of course, before I went to the haircut, I knew I had the trip coming up, and I'm going in for the haircut. I took a little extra time to stop off at the bank right before, and I pulled out some cash. So that way I could go yeah, in there, dude. pay my that's lady what, with some that's cash. One of those, dude, that's one of those places. They got to fuck the government on the taxes. It's her business. Never she, yeah, it, man. You know? She's paying rent. It's... It, it's her whole thing. She's been running it for decades. So, yeah, you bet I'm paying with some cash. Get out of here with yeah. the credit card. There's percentages that you got. The company itself has to pay, and it's just, uh, let's go back to cash. I, I think a lot of people would prefer it. I know the pandemic, everyone was like, oh, we're going to run out of change, and nobody's going to use cash ever again. I think a lot of these small private businesses would really prefer it if we took a little time out withdrew a little cash, and used the cash at their establishments. It's a lot easier for these mm. places. I really do think uh, people get back into <clears throat> cash. Otherwise, when cash is gone, we're going to miss it. I'm telling you right now. That's funny because Chicago's still got a lot of places that are cash only. 
You got a lot of poor people. Well, it's just like, yeah, we got a lot of immigrants. (laughs) Yes. No, I think cash, it's weird how, uh, depending on where you live, you know what I'm saying? People are big on anti, like no cash, cashless society versus if you're in a more, you know, let's say poor area, people are pure cash. That's all they do. They don't even have credit cards or debit cards. You know, they get their paycheck and they go cash it out. That's what people do. Because, dude, you get a bank account and then you overdraft, that's $30. That could be food. That, that could mean you don't eat for a day. That's right, you know? man. Yeah, good call, dude. So I, yeah. I don't think people realize uh, those who push the concept of the cashless society, the digital payments, how, oh, I do everything digitally, it, you're kind of alone on your own island there. There's a lot more poor people out there than there are rich. And there's a lot more people dealing with cash than they are with the <clears throat> there's digital There's a lot of people currency. that don't trust the government. Yeah, man. Good call. Absolutely. Look what happened with the truckers, man, when they shut down all their bank accounts up in Canada. This is Canada. Yeah, they shut their bank accounts. They couldn't withdraw money. But also, they shut down the bank accounts of people who uh, paid into GoFundMe's. Which is more scary, in my opinion. And I know you say that's Canada. Those were American companies doing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And what I think is scary about that, I I keep harping on the whole uh, witch hunt behind Trump. We could dismiss it, laugh it off, uh, think it's nothing, uh, whatever you want. But in reality, when you think about what happened with the truckers and the donations, how close are we now that they've indicted a former president to, let's say, shutting off the bank accounts of anyone who donated to his campaign. I, I know, they're getting there. I think we're pretty much there. I think Canada I essentially think said you could do it. We have that control the, as a government. <clears throat> we never talked about it, but the Matt Taibbi thing is probably the scariest thing to happen under the Biden administration. Okay, throw down on it. We actually never re- uh, brushed it at all, so uh, g- give me a lowdown. Matt Taibbi was one of the reporters on Twitter who uh, was given the Twitter files and released it. The al- alleged in- Twitter files. <laughs> he was called into Congress to testify. That's right. While he was there testifying to Congress, IRS agents showed up to his door at his home. Wow, Really? Yeah. I didn't know that happened. That's pretty crazy, actually. And so now he's being audited. Like, wow. Or something's going on. It's like this whole and it's like this whole big thing from like seven years ago or some shit. I want to remind everybody too that the IRS uh was funded to increase by eighty seven thousand or whatever, and they all have guns now apparently, so they're they're coming for you with their guns. Well yeah, because they need guns, not teachers and security in schools. Or you. They want to take away your gun your and they want to yeah, arm like, the IRS. IRS. Don't worry, trust they... trust the government. Oh, it's for your safety. <laughs> yeah. We're doing it for you. I'm going to take away your gun and give it to this guy for your safety. That's right, man. We're doing it for you. Yeah, dude. That's, I mean. So Matt Taibbi, he's testifying. And while that's going on, the IRS raided his home. I don't think they raided it, but they like showed up. And uh, I forgot what happened. I forgot the whole story. This is is a while back. But they showed up and now he's, they like reopened an audit. Wow, man. Into something that he did, like it's something that happened like five years ago, seven years ago, or something. Well, you and can't poke really, the bear. Man. But my point, my point is, is this guy went against the, the and he's a left wing guy. Yeah, well, actually, that's he's a in, good. He's independent, uh, but he went against he went against the party, and now they're going after him financially. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say he's no <clears throat> Trump guy, but he's on his own little. He's in his own little space, and uh, I don't know. 
Which is scary because now Trump won't help you. And these people are attacking you. He it's also like, uh, he quit Twitter because Twitter refused to allow him to push his uh, Substack. Which I get. I kind of I don't know. I kind of agree with that. I get it too. I, I'm not saying it was a bad yeah. thing. I'm just saying it's kind of strange that government goes after him. All of a sudden, Elon and Twitter uh, put up a big stink out of nowhere over the Substack, specifically with him. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. He has to. His whole fortune depends on government contracts. Elon. Elon is the government. Elon is the government. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's interesting that that's kind of a simultaneous situation there. And now, what happened to Taibbi being Elon's pal, and they're in cahoots, revealing the inside secrets of what was going on in the Twitter files? Right? Like, that stopped real fast. No one's talking about the Twitter files. By the way. Elon promised info on Fauci, which is all I fucking care about, and none of that came to light. Oh, we're we're still not getting Fauci. We're still not getting uh, Epstein. We're still not getting anything. Yeah, Fauci and Epstein are sipping Mai Tais on some other island we've never heard of somewhere, uh, laughing it away with uh, Michael Jackson and Tupac, having the fucking best time of their lives, I'm telling you right now. What a party. I know Michael's still alive, and I know Epstein's <laughs> still alive. Yes, Michael Jackson is not alive. Yes, Michael Jackson's still alive. Yes, he was Definitely going not down. Michael Jackson. He was going down hard for that child molestation uh, shit, and they had just kill him off. And I'm telling you for sure, I think absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind, Epstein is alive, and that that was a fake death and murder. All the pieces, it's like a really bad Ocean's Eleven movie, and they extracted uh, Epstein out. The guards See, fall Epstein, asleep, Epstein the tapes are off. Yeah, I think Epstein totally faked. The whole thing was faked. It was government-based. They extracted him out. Uh, they no longer, uh, whatever it was, one of the alphabet guys or the Mossad or MI6, whoever, it could be any of them or all of them all together, they extracted their player. He was no longer needed. Yeah, it could be. Him possibly because he had the government backing of Israel. He had a multi-government backing, I believe. You think he was working? Yeah, you're right. Probably, yeah, all the intelligence. I think they were all, he was their guy that they all utilized. And, you know, his name became too well-known. And maybe that's all, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the, uh, they're monitoring the, the internet, right? They know everything that's being talked about amongst the populace in, in the interwebs, even the dark interwebs. So uh, all of a sudden, you know, they're like, wow, you know, the general public, Epstein's kind of become a known figure. We got to extract this character. We got to end his storyline so that way we can continue this game that we're playing. But uh, we'll just have new characters take over who people aren't aware of yet. Yeah, there's definitely a new one out there. Yeah, the new Epstein, man. I'm telling you, I, we just don't know about him He yet. goes by Epstein. Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Epstein with a mustache. Epstein, man. Oh, I love it. Yeah, he's uh, he's an actor of some sort, and actors are always getting away with everything, especially our favorite actor, Alec Baldwin. Tonight, seen here for the first time, Alec Baldwin is back on the set of Rust as he was officially cleared of criminal charges today. The day he's cleared, he's back on the set filming the movie. He's like, okay, can we do the gun shooting scene again, please? I don't, 
I've been dying to do that scene. You don't understand. It's been on my mind. Can we just do the gun but, uh, scene? Get it out of the way. Can't we learned our lesson. It. This time we're going to have uh, illegal immigrants stand in front of <laughs> Undocumented. I know it's the day one, but I just, uh, I can't stop thinking about that scene. <laughs> Can we just shoot it first? Did I say the wrong word? Uh, did I, I say shoot? shoot? Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> quick, big question. Do you think he walked onto set doing the double guns? Yeah, he's finger gunning everyone, man. Absolutely. You think he finger gunned? Oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> Watch out now. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Freeze. Telling you. Endless jokes, man. Endless jokes. If I were him, I would have kept a banana in my pocket at all times. <laughs> it's just like quick draw it like it's a gun to see everybody like freak out. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't tell you. I got my gun! Everybody just dives. Oh, easy, everyone. Good thing that banana wasn't <laughs> loaded. Am I right? Am I right? Too soon? Too soon? All right. <laughs> I can't believe they're finishing the movie. Yeah, you guys, you guys scrapped Wonder Woman or Catwoman. But he's there filming the day of. That means he's in the makeup trailer, like waiting, watching his phone, and then he gets the message like "You're cleared." He's like, "All right, let's shoot this thing. (laughs) Let's do this, baby." Like, what the fuck? The day you're there, the day of, you get cleared. You couldn't even wait. You couldn't give it like a grace period, twenty four hours, sleep it off, maybe. You know who the highest paid guy in Hollywood is. Whoever has to practice lines with Alec Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. Same scene? You guys just went back to the set where this bitch died? No, no. they Mike, come on, man. They have a lot more class than that. (laughs) It's Hollywood. They change locations. Okay. The study legal about face comes 18 months to the day after the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. A source with knowledge of the investigation tells NBC News new prosecutors recently learned the Colt 45 handled by Baldwin had been modified with a new trigger, making it possible to misfire as the actor who's maintained his innocence said before. And I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. Before stepping away from the case... You believe Alec Baldwin pulled the trigger? Yes. The former special prosecutor and DA told us they had evidence to convict, but new case attorneys writing, new facts were revealed that demand further investigation. Consequently, we cannot proceed under the current time constraints. It defies belief that the state is only now learning about how this firearm operates when they are the only people who have had access to it exclusively for over a year and a half. While prosecutors maintain the move does not absolve Mr. Baldwin of criminal culpability, experts don't believe charges may be refiled, as the DA's office warns. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the film's armorer, who plans to plead not guilty, still faces involuntary manslaughter charges. The case against Gutierrez-Reed is still viable because of her title, her role. With production resuming on the new set of Rust, NBC News has learned director Joel Souza, who was also shot, gave a moving speech to the cast and crew of 200. Tonight, Baldwin is also back on the set, hoping to finish shooting the Western that started uh, his <laughs> I see what you did there! <laughs> yeah! He he waited the whole 
<laughs> the whole time, and he snuck it right at the end, shooting the Western. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, now. Yes. I fucking love that. Yeah. How could you resist? Right? I know. Come well, here's on. the question. You think this movie's going to make any money? I, I'm going to go see it. I can't wait. Well, I'm not going to go see it. Oh. I got to <clears> see it. Definitely not going to go see it, but I mean, I'll watch it on Netflix. Yeah, it'll probably be on Netflix. I'm sure it's going to be <laughs> direct. There's no way they could. I don't know. I kind of want to see it in the theater. <laughs> <You know? laughs> do, do they include the take where he shoots the lady? Here's what I can't get about this is what's so good about this movie? Like, it must be a fantastic film that they're like so fucking dedicated to make it happen. They abandoned <laughs> Batgirl and they had 90% of it completed. <laughs> And they're like, no, fuck this trash. They're like, throw it out. We'll never do Michael Keaton was in it, man. They're like, nah, throw it in the garbage. They literally had a, it was over. No, this one, they haven't even filmed most of it. And they're, they're like really set on making this movie happen. So it must be a fantastic story of some sort. What is it about? I don't know. It's a Western. We're Michael or uh, Michael Keaton. We're um, Alec Baldwin kills a bunch of people, including those who film it. It's incredible. <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of like a he breaks the fourth wall and just starts shooting everyone in the audience. Uh. You know what they should do is make it a 3D movie <clears throat> where he does shoot you in the audience and the bullet like comes out through the screen at you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a missed opportunity. Uh, dude, this sounds gay, dude. You want to hear what it's about? I'm excited, yes. Thank you for this looking is- it up. This is the premise. In, <laughs> yeah. in, in 1880s Kansas, aging outlaw Harland Rust comes out of <laughs> comes out of hiding to rescue his 13-year-old grandson Lucas after he is sentenced to hang for an accidental murder. <laughs> now fugitives, the pair have to outrun both Rust's nemesis, US Marshal Woodhelm, and the vicious bounty Hunter Fenton Preacher Lang. Wow! So there's going to be a bounty hunter? Oh, yeah. That's good. You have a, a, uh, can I get US some Marshall. cast uh, outside of Alec Baldwin? Do we have any well-known other famous people Dude, I uh, that he hasn't shot uh, and killed? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jensen Ackles? Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, Jason Jensen Akels. All right, nice. Uh, then we got Travis Fim- Fimmel. Okay, these sound made up. Uh, but I'll take it. So J- Jensen Akels would be the. Uh, so that's a small cast. Yeah, especially yeah. Then you got Brady Noon, who's Lucas. Definitely Dave. no A-listers except for uh, <laughs> Baldwin himself. Couldn't even get Franci- like a one of his Baldwin brothers in this. Francis Fisher. Yeah, all right, you, uh, you can stop right there. I, I don't really uh, think I, yeah, uh, I know any of these uh, losers, and uh, it sounds, again, like a ridiculous movie to be so dedicated to make. I would just move on, do something else. So There's got to be something with this. Biodome 2. I think Biodome 2 would be a way better <clears throat> place to allocate these resources, time, yeah. even the location. You could easily build a uh, miniature Biodome set, <laughs> make it happen. We've already written We should do a, a Baldwin Dome. The whole dome's just filled with all the Baldwins? Oh, that's kind of a nightmare, actually. (laughs) I don't think I like that at all. (laughs) You bring out all the Baldwins. 
Uh, here we are, 18 months, as they uh, indicated later, and we're still talking the saga of Alec Baldwin. In the end, the man never served time. He killed someone, shot another person. He's now shooting this movie with <laughs> one of the victims. They're all in on doing this uh, film. Uh, I guess more power to them. We live in topsy-turvy times, I got to say. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, Alec. All right. Props to him. But look, the what this screams to me is we need gun laws man i mean we don't have gun laws <laughs> to protect us from the likes of alec baldwin in our society uh maybe that's why people like you know john stewart see a big problem in our society you want to ban drag show readings to children to my why? yes why why, why? What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Is, is that free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh-huh. in certain instances to What's protect children. What's the leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not drag show oh, reading. such a misleading Correct. statement. That's what I'm saying. So what oh, is it? Stop right there, dude. Stop. I'm so like, sick of hearing this. This makes me insane. I can't believe he could compare the, these two. Like, the only... The reason it is the leading cause is because we live in such a good country with good health care and everything that children don't die. Oh, that's an excellent point. I... I right? like that. Yeah, definitely. I can accept that. that, that is like, I guess. Like, number, so, like, you're telling me, like, how many kids really die from guns? What, five, six hundred? I don't even know what it is. I don't either, but it's still, it's almost like you guys are talking about the same thing. We are discussing mental health issues in this country and they're affecting children it, to the point where there is violence amongst children. We have a mental <laughs> health issue. We, we, we have these, uh, these adults in clown makeup wanting to read to these kids for some strange reason, they want to do this. And then we have kids who are all hopped up on ADHD drugs and antidepressants, and then they get hold of, uh, you know, weapons, and they inflict violence on society because they're all fucked up on these pharmaceuticals. And by the way, you take a look at some of these dudes, the bearded fellas with the clown makeup and the dresses, good chance they're on some pharmaceuticals as well. Oh, dude, no, <clears throat> but dude, like, I just looked it up. So it's, this is from CNN. So you know this is, like, the highest number they could find. 3,600 children died from gun violence. And oh, that's wow. when they... All right, man. 3,600. That's when they do ages 1 to 18. Wow. So how many of those are, like, 16 to 18-year-old gangbangers in Chicago and New York? <laughs> you know, or L.A.? You know, the only thing that I learned... The, maybe the biggest thing I learned from 2020 and the CNN, remember they had the little body count ticker about those dying yeah. from COVID and that was just tattooed on the screen for, you know, two years. Uh, and now it's kind of coming out and being revealed that, well, those numbers were a bit inflated because we were counting everything as COVID and every hospital 
got paid, you know, seven to nine thousand, ten thousand dollars per body that was counted as COVID. So there was a lot of scamming going on. So those numbers were actually false. Uh, and that's a good cop out for the government uh, to say, look, our state media was saying, you know, was lying to you. Uh, can we trust any of these numbers anymore? Can we trust these gang, these gun violence numbers against kids anymore? Can we trust the heart attack and stroke numbers and the excess mortality <laughs> numbers right now? Are we able to trust any numbers whatsoever? It seems like the government and the health industry and the statisticians and the people who work, they're all in these industries. They're all in cahoots. But, dude, my thing is, even if it is 3,600 kids from 1 to 18, I mean, 3,600 kids, dude. The reason it's accounting for 20% of the deaths is because that means, you know, we're only losing 20,000 kids a year. That's great. That's really great, but it's because, you know... In, uh, I'm, I'm trying to say, like, in some countries, you're losing 3,600 to cholera. Yes, I, I, I totally... Do you see, get what I'm and saying? hunger. So, How many kids die of starvation in Africa? You're, use, you're right. using this statistic, right, hunger. You're using this statistic, and it's like, all right, yeah, you're kind of... You're right. It's a right statistic, but it's really showing... You're trying to use it to paint a picture of kids are dying left and right from guns, when really it just says we have such a great country that... You know, we do lose these this amount of children to guns, but it yeah. accounts for such a high percentage because we don't lose kids. That's why losing one is such a tragedy. I think that's a great you know? call, and that's what makes a kid dying so noteworthy in general in this country because we lose so few. But also, I dig your angle, which is in if you were to, let's say, redefine kid, right? Let's eliminate teenager from the equation and do kid. So... Oh, I'd go 14 and under. Man. Come on, dude. You've been to Chicago? These fucking 16, sure. 17 year olds? I'm just saying. There's, there's a reason you're trying them as adults. I'm saying if we want to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? Well, my point being, like, if we want to really let's let's push the kid narrative even further and let, uh, let's see how many truly, how many kids under the age of 13 are dying from gun violence. I believe that would drastically change their uh, narrative. For sure. Because I think you're right. I think you hit that 14. 15, absolutely the 16, 17, and 18 level, you're talking about gang banging, uh, criminals, people who are getting involved in auto theft, and, and, and you know. And not only that, dude, you gotta think, like, even before modern medicine, the whole rule was, like, you know, a lot of places, they didn't even name the kid until it was, like, two or three. It was because once you made it to age two, you were gonna make it. Right? Yes, but... And so, like, my, my point is, is, like, if you've made it to 16, 17, and you're a healthy kid, well, yeah, of course, nothing's going to come and kill you. You, you feel invincible because you literally are invincible. There's not a lot of things out there that are going to kill you virus-wise, things like that, especially in America. So, if you pick up a gun, then, yeah, that's going to be the thing that kills you. <laughs> you yes, know what I mean? absolutely. And John Stewart's just using a false equivalency here and he he's uh, that too but i'm just saying this whole the number things are what killing me because i could paint two different pictures with that same paintbrush you know what i mean absolutely you guys are fucking using it you're skewing that statistic it's the leading cause of child death (laughs) yeah because none of them are dying from tuberculosis that's right this is the same thing with climate change man they show a snapshot of a hundred years and see like see it's been warming and it's unbelievable even though a hundred years we had a fucking uh ice age going on 
But you look at like the 10,000 year, 1,000 year gap or whatever it is, like we're actually fairly cool compared to where it was. For sure. Yeah, they're skewing the, they're, yeah. You get the they're picking, using numbers. They're cherry picking their numbers. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And John Stewart's cherry picking his numbers and using it to fight a guy who's trying to say, hey, look, culturally speaking, we got an issue that I'm trying to support the bills behind, you know, let's get this uh, tranny uh, stuff and all the gender stuff and let's just get all of it out of the schools and away from the kids. Can we all agree But my problem with John Stewart is not a fucking one-way street, John. Okay, you're saying this guy doesn't want to protect kids because he's not doing gun laws? Why don't you want to protect kids with the fucking tranny laws? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing. You're not protecting kids. That's a great call. Can we all agree we want to do something to protect the kids? There's something up with the kids. Something rotten in our culture right now. Something going on. Maybe let's start in the family area and with the kids and what they're getting taught in the schools. Let's start eliminating the outside political cultural bullshit. Let's get rid of the blue hairs from teaching the kids they got to change their gender. Let's just get old school teachers. You know what? You know we have the age limit that we keep talking about for politicians? Take all the old farts who want to be politicians. Let's make them teachers again. Bring in the old farts for teaching again. (laughs) You know, because when we had old farts teaching, they weren't teaching ideological nonsense. You know, they were teaching math and reading. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want Mrs. Bolsinger to teach me anything about gender. Yeah. Because she was 85 years old. <laughs> I didn't want to hear her just say the word vagina. I didn't. I didn't want to hear any of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just wanted this old, you know, crypt keeper to just teach me school stuff so I can hurry up and get out of here. And, and yeah. like, go back to that, man. Let's take all the old people. Let's get them teaching, and then let's take all these young nut jobs. We'll put them in politics, and they can uh, check all the boxes. <laughs> See, everybody wins. <laughs> I don't know. This clip is ridiculous. We're going to continue down this, uh, this is ridiculous. path of insanity. John Stewart, uh, the problem... God, with- so I, would, I would take you seriously if you were like, okay, I agree we should get rid of the trannies in schools and the drag shows in schools. Now can we talk about gun violence? Yeah, but the- no, you're just doing this <laughs> crazy shift. Uh, it's, man. The problem with John Stewart is that he's gone too woke. Yeah, and he's, he's trying to get his career back. He's lost his rhythm show readings to children. Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're going to say it's firearms. No, I'm not going to say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying fuck to stop oh my that God! He said, "Fuck!" Shall not That's be real serious. That He's is hypocrisy idiot. at its highest order. Oh, uh, soundbite! Yeah, you don't <laughs> give a flying fuck. Oh, Man. good job, John. Oh, you got me there. We clipped it, baby. Oh yeah. That's uh, so stupid. <laughs> and here's my, you know, he even said car accidents. I think car accidents are number two. They're through the does. through the roof here in Colorado, but I blame I'm, it on I'm the just, vaccine. Hey, oh, I'm just. I'm just saying, okay, we get rid- okay, John, magic wand, boom, we got rid of every gun every civilian owns. Now it's just the cops and the military. Well, guess what? Guess what the leading cause of child death is now? Car accidents. What are we going to do now, John? He, they have get rid the- of cars? Because no, they- <laughs> you guys are in this mentality that zero children should die. And I'm not saying I want children to die, but you're never going to have a society where nobody fucking dies. 
People are always going to die. It's the trade-off. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, seems like for liberals, their uh, ideal, like their ideal society where they want to live, their utopia, if you will, is pretty much demolition man. Where you can't say anything <laughs> offensive or you get charged by the state through yeah. a ticketing AI machine that is tracking your movements. You can't yeah. have sex because all of that kind of germ Or for mixing. a more real world, uh, you know, more realistic uh, angle, I would say like 1970s Russia. Yeah, there you go. Sounds about right. Yeah. Except uh, watching everything you do, everything <laughs> you say. It's just, it's so funny how Puritan the left has become when I was a younger fella. Uh, the left Democrats were like the hippies and the free love and, you know, whatever, man. And yeah. uh, now the left is, you know, like kind of stuck up. Oh, they're beyond stuck up because they had this. They got this idea when Obama won. It was like during the Obama administration, the Democrats got this idea that they were the superior beings, and they're never going to lose again. That's because uh, yeah. People, I, <laughs> you know, no. John Stewart's need, just such a weird. Our, guy our job now, like John Stewart's now, job now, is to make you see the wrongs of your ways. So. John Stewart just reminds me of these old hippies who really embraced the COVID lockdowns and the me- and the measurements. And I was uh, I was shocked at seeing these people, especially out here in Colorado, a lot of old deadhead hippies, but they were just they were so all in on these insane policies, and and it, it was uh, this bleed over from the blue no matter who and the Trump derangement syndrome, and we're on the other side of all of that. And look at John Stewart. It's hard to listen to the guy. It, it, he was kind of the voice of reason during the Bush administration, and now all of a sudden he's kind of the nut job that you're avoiding uh, standing next to in line because uh, you don't want them to uh, react because you're not wearing a mask still in 2023. And, and like it, that is the supposedly the side, the hippie side. Those are the supposed, uh, you know, the, the again the the lefties, the hippies, the they always made fun of the the right, but the right is like the side of freedom, but not really, right? We've kind of entered this kind of funky zone where like uh, John Stewart would be way better served if he spoke honestly and played the middle. And the problem is no one's wanting to play the middle. They just want to play the left or the right when I think more people are in the middle, actually. Yeah. And, and yeah, because you lose all credibility the minute you shifted it from the drag queen thing to then the the Second Amendment. That's what, and because yeah, what know, we're trying to attack the, attack him on his crazy views or whatever. I don't know. No, well, I think what bothers me about his argument and what bothers you is the dude's talking about the drag shows for kids, but you want to distract from that argument because you don't have a valid one against it. So you're going to bring yeah. up the guns and the guns yeah, killing exactly. kids. So you're just. Dis- you're taking away from the true argument here because you you have no defense, John Stewart. You're you're caught. You're trapped. You are defending something that you don't believe in. And so yeah, half his half his staff is trained. That's what I'm saying. So he has to be yeah. defensive of it, but how can he without being dishonest? And he can't. So he's going to 
sidestep the uh, trannies, uh, the the bearded dudes in makeup, reading to kids. Which again, hey folks, my name's Frank. Uh, I'm a guy <laughs> in my 30s. I'm gonna read to your kids. You got a problem with that? You're a bigot. That does. It's kind of fucking weird. I'm just saying, like a random guy. No matter what I'm dressed as. A random dude wanting to read your kids, you should be freaked out. And you, if you're a good parent, should say, get the fuck away from my kid, man. Yeah. No matter how I'm dressed or what I believe in or what my political background is or, or anything. Like, the random dude reading to the kid. No, but, and Jon Stewart knows that. Jon Stewart's a father. Jon Stewart knows how insane it is to defend these fucking clowns in this fucking circus. Did, did- did you see, like, if you, you anybody who hasn't seen it, you got to watch the clips because this, this senator or, uh, Cong- I don't know what he is. He's a representative. He's a representative. So he, like, clearly just sat down to have a discussion. Yes. John Stewart sits there from the minute it starts, just angry face. He's waiting to attack. Yes. I'm about- He's yes. <laughs> appalled. Appalled. And everything this guy says is appalled. <laughs> He's waiting to attack and like you can tell like that you don't give a flying fuck it's all this like scripted bullshit lines dude and i actually really believe we're not alone being in the middle thinking look both sides are fucking crazy and we're sick of the same shit over and over again i we're talking even on the left man they're polling now to the point where Enough already, please. Let's get some age limits. Let's get something. Can we just get something new? As Biden prepares to formally announce his campaign for a second term uh, early this week, just one in four Americans believe he should run for re-election. 70% say he shouldn't run. By the way, only 35%. (laughs) That's not good. This is NBC, folks. All right, we're not talking Fox News. This is NBC. We know the audience. We know who they're polling. Not good. I believe Donald Trump should run again. 60% 60% say no. Only 5% of Americans actually want both of these gentlemen to run. And let me show you even more of this poll. 53% of 2020 Biden voters say he shouldn't run. 64% of Democrats who voted for Sanders or Warren in the 2020 primaries think he shouldn't run. And 76% of voters under 35 think he shouldn't run. And what's the top concern for that? We asked voters. We didn't prompt them. We said, why don't you think he should run? Well, these were the responses. It almost is all. Too old is the biggest word on the screen. Too old. About his age and his ability to do the job. Again, these are among Democratic primary voters. Overall, the president's job rating is not in a good place when you're seeking re-election, sitting at just 41%, driven by the 58% of Americans who disapprove of how he is handling the economy right now. Just 30% of independents approve of the job Biden is doing overall. But as Biden is fond of saying, he is not to be judged by the almighty, but judge him by the alternative. And guess what? The alternative is even more unpopular among the American public. That is a terrible mentality. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you would love oh that. Oh, my God. That is your slogan? Folks, I know I'm a loser, but have you seen the other loser? It's <laughs> more of a loser. Right? Come on. <laughs> Baby, baby, I know I'm fat and disgusting, but have you seen the other slobs at this bar? Hey, might as well go home with me tonight. What the fuck kind of shit is this? Holy shit. (laughs) 
No, Biden's just... I know, I know I'm a four, but those other guys are threes. Come on, take me home, baby. Fully embraces lesser of two evils. Like, that's... <laughs> So gross, man. That is terrible. Everyone, that is not a, that's not a platform. Everybody should feel disgusted with themselves. We should all, the voters, feel filthy, man. We, this is what we've uh, brought upon ourselves. Judge me by the alternative? Oh, What gross. the fuck is that, dude? Yes. Disgust. Be disgusted. Please, everybody. Dude, like, you're, you're running for the highest in. office in the land. Not president of fucking student affairs and goddamn, you know, Prospect High School. So, it, it, like, this is just so sad. Like, really? <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah, you, which, who's uh. a bigger loser? Great. That's what it's come down to. Fantastic. What a great idea. Guess argument. it's how you won 2020. It, it, well, it is. Hey, why mess with a sure thing? <laughs> you've been saying it for a while, Mike. Uh, you've been, it seems to have peeved you quite a bit. The idea that here we go again. It's Trump again. Trump is going for it. Uh, I clipped this one down, but later on, uh, our friend Chuck Todd over there at NBC uh, goes on to dissect the fact that uh, Trump on in Republican polls is leading DeSantis. Uh, but what's crazy is DeSantis is in these like 30s, which is kind of unheard of for someone who hasn't yeah. run before. And uh, in fact, it's very comparable to uh, how Obama was, you know, to, uh, testing out uh, before he, uh, versus Hillary, you know, back in 20 uh, mm. or 2008. So the, there's a lot of comparisons there, but still, man, I, can we get the age cut off or the term cut off or something <laughs> like it's pretty obvious no matter who you talk to, like, no more Joe, no more Don. Can we get rid of all these old farts and start fresh? Let's hate new people. Yeah. Let's start the new hate. <laughs> yeah, we need some new faces. Yeah, I want to be, I want my blood to boil when I see the new guy. Yeah, I'm tired call, of that. Dude, yeah. You're so old news, you're bringing up a fucking Stormy Daniels from 2006. Uh, yeah, like, nothing about uh, you pisses me off anymore. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This is America. We're built on being pissed off. You got to rile me up. I'm just not feeling nothing. She's not even a MILF anymore. Now she's a GILF. That's how long this took. (laughs) So you were right, though. I I think it's funny. We've been kind of tossing this around a bit the last few months. Mike, you have your finger on the pulse even with the Democrats, man. They are saying no to Joe. And uh, they're done with the old regime and all the bullshit. I am too, man. I, I'm really just, you know, I, I know DeSantis is, uh, you know, uh, all about the uh, torture and the, uh, you know, he's Mr. Guantanamo, I'm aware. But look, just at least he's someone I haven't had to deal with over the last 10 years. I'm sick of these faces. I think yeah. that's a problem. That's how I was feeling with Pelosi and Schumer and McConnell and like just get these I'm sick of looking at these disgusting lizards I don't want to see their faces anymore can they just go blood suck in the shadows like the rest of the vampires like just get out of here bring on the new ones I'm just I think everybody is sick of it honestly yeah you hear it all over the place okay good so I'm not alone no nobody wants these people well, uh, well I... they keep getting voted in because they have all the money and the power. That's the problem. 
well, I know what I'm preaching. I may, you know, I may be regretful of it because uh, sometimes you often, you know, have to be careful what you wish for. If you get rid of the old, which I think they're trying to do, uh, you welcome in the new, which, of course, you get rid of Biden, we're stuck with the camel. That is a bit frightening. But no. I'm thinking, Mike, I think there is a play on to to drop Joe and bring in the camel. Uh, they're pushing the anti-Biden stuff on the mainstream. It gets me nervous. We did a Hunter Biden thing uh, yesterday or in the last show, and here we go. Uh, they're going after the Biden crime family. Well, John, when you look at some of these payments here, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer claims subpoenaed bank records show President Biden's daughter-in-law, Haley, received $35,000 over two transfers in 2017. Haley is Beau Biden's widow, was also in a relationship with Hunter Biden after Beau had died. Oh, Comer says just so before gross. those transfers, a Chinese <laughs> energy firm wired a family Biden associate $3 million. Comer says soon after that, the associate, Rob Walker, sent hundreds of thousands of dollars to members of the Biden family. And everyone That's says it was for an energy deal. Well, it looks to me like these people who are closely aligned with the Chinese Communist Party sent $3 million to a shell corporation. Then they turned around and split it three ways with a third going to the Biden family, three different family members uh, for no apparent reason. Now, much of this is from U.S. Treasury Department documents the House Oversight Committee's just reviewed. Comer says Walker initiated the transfers two months after Joe Biden left the vice presidency. Walker worked with President Biden's son, Hunter, and his brother, Jim, on a partnership with Chinese energy firm CEFC. His office has yet to name others involved. All right, man. They're going after Biden. I'm telling you, it's pretty wow, obvious. Yeah. What news was that? That was Fox News. Yeah, of course. I don't do a lot. But Fox is mainstream now, man. It has yeah. been. It's state media. And when I I always tend to err on the side of if it's hitting that mainstream, if Tucker's doing it, CNN will do it in a few months, this is some sort of coordinated attack. They're planting the seeds so that way the folks who only believe MSNBC and CNN will, will get this action and then... Sure enough, by the summer, Dave Muir will be uh, talking about it on his show, <laughs> and uh, they'll be chanting to to get Biden out and his crime family out. You know, the Hunter stuff is sick. Uh, what gets me about the clip and why I really loved it the most was right when we were reacting early on, which is just listen how you have to describe the family. I know. Just the description. You you're not even getting into the meat of the of the controversy. The just explaining th- how the family structure works like is f- just nasty, man. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, Hunter Biden. This is Haley Biden. You may know her. She was married to Bo, who died of cancer, and then Hunter banged her. <laughs> you know, Hunter, the crackhead who was banging <laughs> spies around the world. In between hookers, he banged his... uh. Brother's widow. <laughs> so like, gross, dude. But you, like you're doing a news report, you just have to like gloss over that disgusting, juicy ass, <laughs> freaky detail. Like, what the fuck is with these people? Like, that's cool. <laughs> that's to- well, we're not gonna talk about that one. By the way, Joe's daughter, uh, you know, she talked about taking showers with old creepy Joe. Uh, not gonna that's talk a about that. Creepy. 
this is a freaky, weirdo, creepy deaky family. I I every every part of it, man. Every element. Like you have to <laughs> you've got to phase over these like freaky details to get to the other freaky shit. You know, <laughs> like like this chick who was banging both brothers. <laughs> she was getting kickbacks through a Chinese deal. You know, like Wait a she second. She was the one he was fucking when he accidentally threw that gun behind the school. I just, I want everyone to know, like, we're we're talking about this, like, kickback deal with the Chinese, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, For millions of dollars. I can't get over the fact that if this chick was <laughs> banging both brothers. Are we getting, <laughs> no one wants to, what's going on with these fucking weirdos, man? Joe's taking showers with the daughter. And uh, Hunter's uh, banging Bo's wife. Fucking weirdos, man. What a weirdo it, family. It's, it's kind of weird that they're going after this when they're reporting on this, but not Ukraine. Well, you can't, you know? yeah. Ukraine, they, like, they don't really touch that. Because Ukraine has the real uh, information, right? I don't know. And Burisma, it, it, like Nancy Pelosi's got a kid in there. Yeah, good call. Everyone's involved. There's like a whole bunch of people involved. I think there's some weird, weird stuff going on on the international stage. Uh, people are in cahoots. Uh, the biggest players maybe are behind some of the strangest situations unfolding. And of course, Mike, what else could we add onto the mountain of insanity of 2023? Give me a gold heist, baby! <laughs> to the north tonight, Canadian authorities are trying to solve a multi million dollar mystery. Police say after a plane landed in Toronto Monday, cargo was moved to a holding facility before someone took off with a high-value container. It did contain gold, but was not exclusive to gold and contained other items of monetary value. In all, police say the cargo is worth roughly 15 million in U.S. dollars, but they aren't sharing much else. There may be some tactical or strategic advantage for them for not disclosing so they're not tipping their hand to the bad guys and where the shipment uh, might be today. John Pistol is a former deputy FBI director and a former TSA. Wait, Wait a minute. Yeah, His name yeah. is John Pistol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He works for the FBI. Oh, you're psycho, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> How stupid do I look? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> this is his assistant, uh, Sarah Coffee Pot. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Oh, man. More from the reporter on the scene, uh, John H. Journalist. Thank you. <laughs> John Pistol. Go fuck yourselves. John Pistol, dude. What a bullshit story where the shipment uh, might be today. John Pistol is a former deputy FBI director and a former TSA administrator. He has many unanswered questions. Was it an inside job? And what evidence is there of whoever... What is my real name? The, the 
heist, if you Where will. am I? Uh, what type of access control How did I get here? go through? Do they have a, a, a badge? In a statement, the Greater Toronto Airports Authority emphasizing last week thieves accessed the public side of a warehouse outside of our primary security line. This did not involve access to Toronto Pearson itself. <laughs> well, I, I found the, the number one problem here. At all Canadian airports, the security guards, they're Canadian. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, shout out to our Canadian fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see you out there. Uh, not exactly known for security, those Canadians. Well, they're laid back folk, you know. They're very forgiving. Passengers. Yeah. The alleged airport <laughs> theft evokes memories of New York's 1978 Lufthansa heist, becoming the stuff of Hollywood legend in Goodfellas. Nobody knows for yeah, sure. Yeah, Goodfellas clip. Oh, yeah. Canada has its own history of high-profile heists. In 2012, thieves snatched millions of dollars worth of maple syrup, according to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Police believe this latest theft was an isolated incident. But tonight, its explanation is up in the air. Oh, I love that closeout up in the air. Um, Way to go, Canada. Pretty crazy stuff. Here in Colorado, we have a mini Vegas in the mountains. It's a Black Hawk Casino. Uh, they, there's like three or four casinos there. Indian Reservation. It's huh? an Indian. Yes, that's right. And uh, they make good money there. You can... There's some dispensaries there. You can have a really good time in the area, no doubt about it. Uh, there was a heist there as well not too long ago, probably in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, some some random fellas called in and convinced a lowly worker to put something like uh, $500,000 into a bin or something and drop it off somewhere, and she did so thinking it was higher-ups, and uh, the money was uh, stolen. Yeah, it was taken. Oh, wow. That genius. was a local heist here. Yeah, genius indeed. I was very impressed when I read the story. I may be off on the money, too. I, it may have been in the millions, but uh, I'll settle for 500 Gs just to make it less spectacular. This is pretty wild, though. 15 million in gold. Uh, makes me think that somebody's planning for the uh, devaluation of the dollar bill. Could be. Or they just ran into the opportunity. Oh, man, you think that's what this was? Yeah, just like a prime move, some thieves, probably mafioso, I could only imagine. Oh, yeah, because you got to be, you got to know, have a place to bring it. You got to smelt it. You got to fucking. And, of course, it's the Canadians, so easy to take advantage of, right? I mean, (laughs) we should have all seen it coming here, man. Come on. Inside job. I heard the robbers just offered the security guard hot chocolate. That's (laughs) that's right. With some of those little tiny marshmallows, you know, floating (laughs) in there, they they couldn't resist. You know, I like mine with four. With four, (laughs) no more, no less. Four marshmallows. Oh man, that's why I like how the uh, the newscast here. They tried to uh, butter up the Canadians, make them feel better about themselves. Oh, possibly an inside job. You don't need an inside job to fool the Canadians. All right. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, this isn't a Denzel movie, okay, guys? This was, <laughs> this was one normal Canadian took advantage of four <laughs> French Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> you know the guys who dropped the ball here were the French Canadians. <laughs> By the way, number one, props on the callback to Denzel, and then number two, <laughs> inside job? You nailed that. Yeah, that's a great flick. <laughs> 
with Denzel and uh, oh, great movie. Clive Owen. Oh, man. And I yeah. think Jodie Foster is in the... Dude. Oh, speaking of great movies, dude, I saw Mario yesterday. Yes, I've been dying to talk about it, man. Absolutely. Fucking great, great movie. Watchable Very or unwatchable, my man? Must watch. Watchable. Absolutely. And it came out two weeks ago. Movie theater packed. Yes, yeah, same we, with me. We were surrounded by people. Yes. Not an open seat in there. We went to a late Thursday, it was a Wednesday night showing. The theater uh, was quite full. And we went to the one of those Alamo draft house places where you, uh, the people, uh, they're serving you. Have you ever been in one of those? What was that? Sorry. We were in like an Alamo draft house where they serve you. I wasn't too into it myself. Uh, no. But yeah, no, they walk in front of the screen too much. It was killing me. <laughs> That's my problem. There was one guy, he would like duck and like sprint and like sprint run, but ducking, you know, like squat running. And that yeah. was more distracting than this one chick who would like softly, quietly like walk through the shadows and deliver the, the product to people, you know, the food or whatever. But it was cool. I, I loved, I thought Mario was fantastic. Mike, what was your favorite part about the Mario, my man? Uh. One of the funniest scenes is when they go to their room in their mom's house and Mario is playing Nintendo. Yes. That's fucking funny. Absolutely. Right? And then I loved how uh, they just they incorporated every aspect of Mario throughout the generations. Why do you think it has a 50-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes through, <laughs> through, through the critics, but the people are like 98%? Uh, because it was just entertaining. Uh, you know who was there? Nothing but families with kids. Like, it was a lot of... No woke. Did you notice there wasn't yeah, a yeah, single was woke element to the storyline on any level? No, no, but it wasn't even, like, no woke. It was just no politics at all. Nothing. No, nothing that's what I'm saying. Nothing. Yes. It was just an entertaining movie. And uh, the, Charlie Day's hilarious. The family aspect got me. I loved the brother uh, dynamic and... Uh, yeah. the family part where they're eating is absolutely so hilarious. So fucking funny, dude. Emma, when we were watching in the theater, turned to me and said, oh, that's Pepino. Uh, yeah. with the dad, <laughs> with the mustache, I was like, wow, that is Pepino. Uh, yeah. just- I gotta say, they laid it out a little thick, but that's what made the movie work, is that you could make fun of Italians. This is why I loved it. Okay, so I loved yeah. the... The stereotype that they leaned into for the Italians, cartoonish, absolutely hilarious, really hit home. It kind of reminded me of the family. Like, it was very much uh, just, it felt right. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. They nailed these characters, the voices. I My favorite part was that, like, commercial that they did where they hammed yeah. up the Italian. Like, it's a Mia. <laughs> and, like, and then in reality, they sound nothing like that. Like, that's fucking... <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. I, I loved that. The the whole movie, start to finish, I swear to God, I had a smile ear to ear. I was just filled with joy watching it. They did all the parts that you love of the video games throughout your lifetime, uh, all the callbacks, the sounds, the levels, the everything. It, dude, what a just fun movie. And you could tell that the only reason it's got rotten uh, critic tomato, whatever it is, is because it's Chris Pratt. There's no woke shit. It's just a good old-fashioned family movie, 90 minutes, no bullshit. Yeah, it's just entertaining. So entertaining, man. I had an absolute blast. And I was in a movie theater filled with adults. 
Uh, Everyone had I a mean, great there time. Was a, there was a lot of adults, but it was a lot of kids, too. It was just great. It was a well, good movie. Here's what was great about it. I would say the humor, very on the adult side, but something where the adults are laughing and the kids could be watching it and it would float right, like, right over their heads. Yeah. Kind of like how they used to make the movies back in our day. I just, when I, after we watched it, I kept thinking about uh, that movie they made, the Lightyear movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it failed. You know what I'm saying? Like, this versus Lightyear. I was like, wow. Like, this is, you know what I'm saying, though? What a different reality these places existed. And, and the audiences and the people, you know, like, the producers, like, one of one group nailed it and the other one is in La La Land. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're consumed with the woke culture that it just ruined their product. Where another one just decided, let's make a really good, fun, wholesome story with classic characters. Parents and kids can all enjoy it and we're not going to push any agendas. And man, what an entertaining, fun ride. 90 minutes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's I, why they're making money. It was so doable. We, we were able to do it on a Wednesday evening. It was fucking great. We went out for pizza, had a great time, had some beers, went right down the street, saw the movie. Absolute blast. Thank you for finally making a movie that I could just go and enjoy and squeeze in on an evening. Yeah, thank you. No fucking <laughs> three and a half hour epoch where I have to time out my piss breaks and figure out, like, did I eat enough? Am I going to be starving tomorrow? I'm going to, you know, like, get out of here with this shit, man. I want to just enjoy a flick that's entertaining. It doesn't push an agenda. I don't have to think about the lesbian parents at any point. Like, it was just really fucking nice, man. It was fun. It was great, but I don't think I'm ever going back to the movies again. I can't stand the fucking chewing and the smacking of the lips and the, everybody's got the fucking popcorn. And they're eating it like they haven't eaten anything in five days. <laughs> I mean... I enjoyed it. I, we were enjoying ourselves a little vape pen action, and I, I was kind of uh, in my mind uh, thinking like the modern era of being able to do something like that is kind of nice. You know, that's I can, nice. I didn't have a vape pen. When we were Maybe growing up, we couldn't like have a beer and you know puff on a little vape action during a movie. That wasn't a thing. You know, you had to yeah, like. But, I mean, now I'd rather just be at home. Yeah, but I liked the, you know, Emma and I. We enjoyed the date night element to it. It was nice to go on a date night, but not feel committed to something enormous like uh, Avatar, which I still have. <laughs> I still haven't seen. I don't even. Have, I my bathroom isn't free enough to see Avatar in my own home. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a while before I see that one. But uh, I'll I'll check out the next ninety minute flick. Uh, I think that's my uh, that's my my bag from here on out. So Mario, I recommend it to everyone. What a great time! Yeah, Honestly. definitely watchable. Again, we we left too, like laughing uh, about it, talking about it, smiling. Uh, you know, I. I can't remember the last... Oh, we saw, like, Spider-Man or... No, it was Doctor Strange. We yes. left. We left, like, confused and exhausted. Like, that was, like, uh, not a good way to feel leaving a movie. Uh, Mario Brothers, that's the way I want to feel after seeing a flick.